Welcome to the Mind Body Health Podcast for women over the age of 40. This podcast brings you valuable and proven strategies and tips to live life above the wellness line. And these tips can be implemented immediately so you can step into each day with confidence, energy, and passion. And now, your host and Amazon number one best-selling author, Phylex Fitness Industry Speaker, Mind Body Health Coach, and founder of Personal Fitness for Women. Please welcome Louise Skeen. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me for my 15th vlog podcast of my series one. And today, I just want to share with you the fact that I've just arrived in the last couple of days back from China. And living in Australia, what a comparison it has been, and um, wonderful, wonderful experiences, both you know on the positive and the negative. I'm just so, so fortunate and blessed to have had every opportunity to go to China and experience the people and the culture and everything and I wanted to share that with you today because again my topic of how culture can actually you know and the beliefs of people can actually impact your mind body and health and how does it do that and I thought it would be really interesting to share with you some of my findings because I I went from you know all through China um, <laughs> in a speedy trip of, of uh, Oh geez, I think it was 12 days only, but covered everything from Beijing into Xi'an. So we went west and then we went back down south again and finished in Shanghai. And so, so many opportunities, as I said, that we um, experienced with climbing the Great Wall and seeing terracotta warriors and going into villages and having a home-cooked meal with a with a you know a farming community family so living off the land it was just superb but how does it impact you know how, how does our culture actually impact our our lifestyle our mind our body and our health and our beliefs and it impacts greatly because my finding is and this is not for all china but you know there's, there's something like um 4.1 billion people that live in China so it's a pretty big place and this is why again the closeness of people isn't a concern for them as coming from Australia with such a small population in comparison you know we all require our own space but um, it, it was absolutely fantastic the the mind control that um, what I found for mindset is that Chinese people, no matter whether they're farmers on the land or whether they're actually living in um, in cities like Beijing and Shanghai, the mindset of these people is very regimented, very disciplined. And it is very much a governed country, as you probably know, but you know, I found it quite interesting to observe their mindset because they're the happiest population, no matter how wealthy which again there seems to be a big divide between wealth and and um, poverty but whether living in poverty more so or, or living with great wealth they are a very happy people and it fascinates me to think that they can be so happy um, even though they're still sweeping the streets with um, trees you know dried up leaves and the branches of trees wrapped around with some some string and that's how they're still living today for some of these farming communities it's fascinating um, so mindset seems to be pretty 
pretty switched on, pretty disciplined, and and they just seem to be a very happy people. I didn't see stress. Uh, I did. I didn't experience the things that I see in our Western culture. I just. I didn't see that amongst all people that I, I had the opportunity to cross paths with. So, just bear that in mind. How interesting that is. That that again, living with so little and they can still be so happy and so strong in mindset. So I thought that was really fascinating. The other thing was patience with mindset. You know, emotions is a big big thing that we all live with every day. But for, for the culture of the Chinese, so much patience um, with each other and with tourists. You know, not many words are exchanged. In fact, I didn't see anybody getting angry even though traffic is crossing over each other and people are not necessarily abiding in the cities with the laws. Um, there's no anger. There's very much patience and everybody sits and waits. And I thought, wow, you know, we could all take a leaf out of that book just to, to sit back and realize that we don't need to get into overwhelm. Um, if we just have that patience to sit back for a couple of minutes or even 60 seconds would allow us to keep ourselves in a very calm state and then we can move on. So that in itself with mindset, fascinating things that I found. The other thing with the body that I found um, with Chinese people is, you know, they, they see their body as something that they live in. So they very much, as you would probably know, appreciate their, their need to look after their inner health right from the onset, whether they're ill or not. They don't wait for the illness to come out in their body. They look after it um, with, with natural medicines that come from the earth. And, um, and so therefore, from a young age, right through their lives, they're taking this medicine that, that keeps them healthy all the time. And so, not like us in the Western world, where we get sick and then we try to, you know, to treat the current sickness that we've got. So let's say we get a cold, then we take uh, antibiotics, so we take synthetic medicines to try and get rid of the cold. Um, but we're not really then sitting back and going, well, what created the cold? What my immune system is down for example so if my immune system is down what's it due to well it could be due to stress levels overworked lack of sleep if i was to change all those things i probably wouldn't catch the cold so so i really do believe the chinese have got it spot on when it comes to looking after their health from day dot and and treating it with natural natural you know green tea leaves that are you know pulled out from the earth and and the freshest of of ingredients to look after themselves opposed to us who always seem to not always seem to but we do from time to time just opt in for that um, medical intervention and going for those synthetic style drugs to help us alleviate the current problem without us going to the root cause of the problem the other thing with their body is, you know, we're embarrassed about our body. You know, we cover it over, which still I believe is a good thing. But but we don't, um, you know, I, I just find that the Chinese don't see their body in an embarrassing way whatsoever. And so therefore they're very open to the way their body functions and the fact that they do that in public. Um, anything from young children toileting or whatever it might be. Now that might sound very gross and certainly it was an eye-opener for me to experience that. But when it comes to 
you know, what it is that I teach women. Um, it was fascinating for me to watch how they treat their body and it is just something that they're living in and they know that, you know, it's not as, as great of importance to them for the visual appearance as it is for their, that being their temple. And so therefore their body is, is more important, not what it looks like, but what it feels like, what energy it gives off to them and, and, and how it looks after them in, in the greater health. And I think that's superb. And we can all take a leaf out of that book. Now, the other thing with the body is the exercise side of things. It fascinated me. Um, you know, staying in hotel rooms at times, um, I would hear this tapping noise. There was one particular morning, I can't remember if I was in Xi'an, I think I was, um, and I could keep hearing this constant tapping noise outside on the street. It was around 4.35 a.m. in the morning, so of course, curiosity kills the cat. I got up, I had a look, and I'm finding an elderly gentleman, he had to be in his 70s, and he's cracking a whip on the street. And it's a massive whip, as if you can imagine, he's whipping it over his head and he's slashing it down on the concrete. And that was the sound I was hearing, him slashing it on the concrete. Now, fascinating, that's his form of exercise. But as the morning went on, he was not the only one that was in the square doing that down on the street below my, my window. So I was experiencing a number of people were whipping their you know, whips around and smacking them down and getting that physical movement, almost like Tai Chi. Then there would be masses of people over a period of hours who would all congregate together and do their different forms of Tai Chi and meditation all open in the squares. So all open in public, sitting in parks or on benches or just on the concrete. Fascinating how they did all that. Before work, there was always a group of people who would come together, you know, again, seven o'clock in the morning, they might start work at eight and they'd all be kicking soccer balls amongst each other and physically moving. It's such a big thing for Chinese people to move their bodies because they know the benefit, the health benefit that doing so is going to give them. So it, uh, it inspired me to see this culture and just how on the ball they are with, with things that they do for their, their body, which is fantastic. Um, and then the health overall, you know, when it comes to their food, um, you know, I, I had authentic Chinese food the entire time I was there, and I was grateful for, for doing that. Um, I, I guess in a way, you know, it wasn't too different in the sense of what I, I like to eat, which is lighter food. They're very much into, you know, wonton soups and, and noodles are huge. And of course, here in our Western world, we're, we're taught to stay away from the carbohydrates. But 90% of their diet or 80% of their diet is noodles. And even on trains, you can buy cups of you know, tubs of noodles. And, and on the train, they have provide hot water outside of each bathroom in each carriage. You've got hot water so that you can travel and have your noodles. Um, so that was a large part of, of what we ate. And even though there were some meat options there, I chose to... There was only one time I did choose to have the very leanest of beef, almost transparent, that I boiled, um, along with loads of fresh vegetables, so you can imagine, and then there's lots of different sauces and, and flavours and herbs that you can put on top of it, so that was a beautiful thing in freshness. But, but 
the Chinese people eat light. They eat little. They've got it together. They know. They know that their stomachs only require a small amount of food and so therefore they survive on a small amount of food not like us in the western world where we load it up on the plate or in the bowl and are not satisfied until we feel that full feeling and so again it was another page out of their book because I did not see one overweight not one obese or extremely overweight Chinese person and certainly in the farming regions in the western part of China um, never did I even see a person that would be two kilos overweight in fact they were possibly just on the standard of slightly underweight to a perfect weight but they labor all day in on the farm so you can imagine they're working their bodies for very long hours not you know not a seven to three or a nine to five they pretty much work five o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night so they're hard-working people um, but but certainly the food side of it only when I really got it wasn't even in Beijing but when I got down to um, uh, to to the west coast on the water there um, Shanghai that was probably the only time I would have seen somebody that might have been five kilos overweight or a couple of people that, uh, look, I'm going to say five kilos as a maximum overweight, but I'm not there to judge. I was just noticing that a slight difference with the clothing that I was watching those people, and they were younger people, um, they were carrying that little bit of weight. So it shows to me that that Western diet again the culture of living in a community that's you know got much more temptation of food which is what we have in the cities um, so there's a lot of food there was definitely the, the you know there's many more options for food and coffees and cakes and um, and and sweets and, and things like that there was much more in Shanghai than I saw which was the last three days of the trip than I saw on any other place I went to in China so and you certainly don't find anything like that on the farm so it just shows that that Western diet um, is putting weight on people uh, it showed that there was a possibly a lot more stress because we were in a, a high you know techie region um, of, of young minds that are there creating and you know high rises everywhere of the way they live so obviously stress levels would need to be much higher for that community so sleep would then be detrimental and and you know things would, be, would change in their sleep patterns too no doubt not that I observed it but that's just a common trend that happens so what I'm saying is again it was just interesting to to go along and have the opportunity to see um, how their culture in China worked and have the ability to compare it to the culture of, of Australia and of no matter where you are in the world it's having a look at what your culture is and how influenced are you by your culture you know where does your mindset sit how disciplined are you how controlled are you in your mindset um, how important are your goals to you um, and, and so start to assess that and then looking at your body as more of a, a temple that houses the energy and, and the love that, that is so important to, to have in your body every day and this is how the way we thrive, rather than worry about our external appearance having to be a certain size or have a certain tone or whatever it might be, 
yes, it's lovely to have, and I'm not saying it's not important because that's the way our culture has brought us up, but how important is it? Are we neglecting the importance of the organs and the cells and everything that keeps us well and rather take you know, the, the alternative natural medicines and start now, even if you don't have anything, keep your temple clean rather than wait for the problems to occur, which unfortunately for some people is a cancer creating or you know a, a diabetes creating thing that really affects you for most of the rest of your life. And it can unfortunately take your life. And the other thing is that health again, just worrying about what we're eating. And, um, and in, in, in China, they don't worry because everything is pretty clean and ordinary and simple. And the making of that food is very simple as well, um, opposed to us where we have a lot of processed foods coming into our diets. So these are the things that I just wanted to share with you. I had an awesome trip. I hope you pulled something out of there today to think, hmm, maybe I need to start considering a better way of doing what you might be doing today. But I know I've certainly come back and it's reinforced to me that mindset is so important um, for, for just having that clarity to keep yourself on track every day. The body through movement of and, and starting each day with exercise um, is so important for the body the, and, it, and it also is important for the mind but also cleansing the body from the inside and because what will happen is the outside will automatically change and give us the benefits of what's happening inside anyway and then of course the overall food intake through health Let's look at lighter, smaller foods, even though we're going into winter here in Australia and you might be going into spring or summer, you need to realise how big your stomach is, is the size of your fist and you possibly don't need to eat as often or as much as you might be eating. And if you're trying to control your weight, these are the simple things that we can change. Thanks for joining me on today's vlog podcast and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye for now.